This is Notes from the Back Row, a podcast like no other, different themes, rotating hosts, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Welcome to another episode of Notes from the Back Row. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the official podcast of backdashroad.com, a feed where you will find many different kinds of episodes from roundtable discussions to director interviews and more. So check out backdashroad.com for all of these podcasts, as well as written content, essays, and movie reviews, as well as a link to our Patreon where you can get our podcasts up to a week early plus so much more. Today, the podcast is an episode of Hoser Horror, where we look at two Canadian horror movies of varying thematic linkage. So, of course, joining me, Dan Gorman, as always, is... Carlo! Yes, Carlo. And today we are lucky enough to be joined by the Duke of Podcasting, John Wayne of the Internet, the Big Chief, Matt himself from the Compañeros Radio Network. Welcome to the show, Matt. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Yes. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah, I'm stoked. We love Movie Melt. We love the network. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to decide whose network is more confusing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the right. Macro or the Compañeros radio network. It's, uh, it's kind of a toss-up. It's funny because like we, we had this idea that we have the, the website, which is where you know everything started with written content. And I kind of brought the idea of like, let's do a podcast at the table where, you know, it's like a magazine that you get in the mail and you might there might be an ongoing article by one writer and there might be you know podcast episodes by another person and it could be Mm. something that you'd get a variety of things but it it always seems lost on (laughs) it's hard to explain yeah well it's like us like we started off as the podcast called compañeros yeah and then uh we changed it to movie melt and then we had a segment called songs on trial so we started a new podcast for that yeah and then alistair started his own thing called get soft with dr snuggles which is about softcore um, movies with his uh fiance and so yeah now it's like um multiple shows on the Compañeros radio network like what the heck is Compañeros at this point you know like nobody knows (laughs) if they haven't been there since the beginning yeah well, it's amazing. <laughs> so you guys have been doing for a number of years too, right? Yeah, I think we're going on like three. We just had Movie Melt this had um a hundred and first episode. So Yes. Um Songs on Trial is probably like at thirty five, and I think Alistair's up to like seventy five with the Git Soft. So Amazing. Yeah, we've been doing it for a while. So Sorry. one of the ways that you came on our radar was we did an episode on Psycho Pike and I put Psycho Pike into like Spotify or like other podcast podcatchers and was like, oh, there's an episode of another show about Psycho Pike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that was my introduction yeah. to you guys. I listened to that show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I've looked that up before as well. Like Psycho Pike, people talking about Psycho Pike. And I think there's like 
maybe one or two other podcasts yeah. that have that have covered it. I think but that's about two. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, not a lot of people have seen the amazing uh, piece of cinematic wondery that is Psycho Pike, the Canadian Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, that's Dude, a good way to put it. Yeah, the Facebook group is amazing too. Like, where oh yeah, Psycho I'm in Pike? that. Yeah, yeah, that shit. Like it. You know, somebody was just genuinely wondering, like, what happened to it? And then they ended yeah. up finding a copy, like, over yeah. years and all these messages. It was really fun to read through that. And I think Mike yeah. White from the projection booth is the one who ended up, um, you know, giving it to the world. Doing, yeah, doing like a, I think he did the digitization or something of the screener copy that you can find now on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, good shit. <laughs> what a movie. Yeah, so- I love that one. You are no stranger to the obscure and the Canadian. So you mentioned before we started recording, you've been watching some stuff. Do you have anything you want to talk oh, about? Yeah. Before I, mean, we I get... watched um, two movies about a hole uh, near a kid's house. I watched The Gate and, <laughs> nice. uh, and then The Pit. The Pit. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, you know, and that kid has never been in anything else except no. for some movie with like Oliver Reed, Donald Pleasance. And <laughs> um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but. Um, that kid is amazing. It's I a was, crazy performance. Totally. Yeah, He's yeah, terrifying. It is. And, uh, and that woman who's the child psychologist in the movie is the worst child psychologist of all time. <laughs> She's like giving him a bath and being like, you got to stay under the bubbles. You know, it's yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> what kind of... <laughs> He's like, he's like 13. Do we not give a 13-year-old a bath, child psychologist? Yeah, yeah really. It's pretty obvious here. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. the movie is pretty creepy. It in, is. In, in more than one way. Like, <laughs> I thought, though. It, a book as well. There's a book? Yeah, it was based, based off a book called Teddy, which I believe is also a Canadian thing. A lot of people try and track the paperback down, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a lot different than the movie from what I've heard. I th- thought it captured the awkwardness of puberty pretty well, though. <laughs> I did. I honestly did. I thought it was like, yes, it's kind of creepy, but that's what it's like. I mean, it's yeah, bizarre. Yeah, you know, actually, he's got yeah. a teddy bear and he's also like perving out and on everybody. <laughs> it's like, that's how it fucking was. And I remember everybody telling me during puberty, like, this is going to be a very strange time in your life. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then you reflect on that shit and you go, fuck. That is so goddamn <laughs> that weird. That was strange. Yes, what the yeah. hell? The pit was a important one for me because we when I was in high school, I think I've I've told part of this story on the show before, but when I was in high school, there was a place called Ted's Video where you could go and rent three movies for 5 days or 3 or 4 days for like $5 so you could just go and like get a stack of movies for the weekend and we we rented the pit and it was so bad and weird in such a very specific way. And we were already renting like weird, bad movies and stuff, but it was just a different level. And the tape ended up ruining my friend's VCR. It like <laughs> ate the tape and then the VCR was broken. So it was this like, it's the movie so bad it broke the VCR. <laughs> and then it was just burned in my brain for the rest of my life. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know though. I, <laughs> I mean, I have uh, maybe some would say bad judgment, but I would say that it is not a bad movie at all to me. Oh, it rules. It's amazing. Genuinely. No, I I, I can imagine if you rent it like as a kid and and you think like you haven't had that much exposure to like bad movies. Yeah, uh, it is a what the fuck movie for sure. Yeah. 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 We've talked a little bit here and there on the show about that idea of like 
when I was younger, I watched movies that were bad and I was like, oh, what a piece of shit. Aha, this is hilarious. And then now, yeah, now exactly. we watch th these really obscure things and 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 have found, you know, the love and the passion. And, you know, now we can watch something like The Pit and be like, oh, this is actually a weird kind of masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. You watch enough good shit, then uh, good shit becomes boring. You know, and yeah. it's like, yeah. I, absolutely. I, yeah, it's like, all right, I get it. This is awesome. Great. Uh, but this is like more <laughs> interesting, you know? <laughs> yeah. This yeah. has like some different kind of passion behind it that's way cooler. Did you like The Gate? I did. I love The Gate. Man, yeah. fuck Have you seen it before? Oh, dude, I saw it as a kid and I did not remember a shit. Okay. So, mm. um, but yeah, uh, you know, somebody was really paying attention to like the art direction in that movie there's yeah. just rainbows all over that like in every scene like somebody's got purple pants yellow top green you know red <laughs> it's like all the colors of the rainbow are almost in every shot and mm. uh it's pretty wild it was just yeah. it was really fun to look at um the story is bananas and then mm. like seeing the kid with like the venom patch is like obviously <laughs> a drama kid that <laughs> kind of effeminate but supposed to be a metalhead um mm. yeah i loved it yeah, it's a wicked movie and such a cool piece of practical effects filmmaking. Yeah, the effects are so great in that movie. So good. Man. So good. So good, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So The Gate and The Pit are, I, I think those are Hoser Horror approved 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are in the canon, absolutely. Yeah. That was our first episode even that we I did think, with yeah, Science we did. Crazed. Yeah, we did Science Crazed in The Pit. Yeah, that's the and first And then one we did go. one with The Gate and Watchers. I was curious. So the movie melts covered like, I think three Canadian movies that I mm. can remember. Um, there was phobe, the nice. xenophobic experiments. Or I was lucky enough to help with the DVD for that. And I got to record the commentary. What? So I got to sit there with the director and the people that were on the commentary and just experience phobe with her talking about her experiences at like, the local television station and like why they made the movie. Yeah, it was, I love that movie. Dude, that's so cool. And she was so sweet. It was just so cool to listen to, you know, that's another movie where it, it has its ambitions, you know, maybe overreached a little bit, but that's <laughs> why bit, you yeah. love it because the passion is there. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. They didn't yeah. give a shit if they didn't have enough money to do it. They were going to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, and then the other ones that we covered were, um, pin. Oh yeah. Another creepy as hell kind of puberty movie yeah yeah we haven't covered that one yet yeah it's a i found when i saw that when i was younger i loved it and have always held it in high regard but i find lately there's it, it's become more of a divisive movie yeah i think i the first time i saw it was i don't know i it was probably like 12 15 years ago the first time i saw it and um it knocked my socks off then i mm. i mean i thought it was weird very weird yeah. and very inappropriate um mm -hmm. but I thought it was good. It's creepy. It's very creepy. Yeah. And then uh, the the other one that we did that I really want to know what you guys think of is Bad Manners. Do you guys know that one? Or it's AKA is Growing that, Pains. Yeah, I've seen that. That's the one with uh, Pamela Adlon as a kid. And it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, seen and it has a uh, um, Spark soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Spark. It's, it's sort of like a... I think I called it like a proto problem child kind of thing, but it's like a large group of kids. Uh, Martin Mull and Karen Black are in it as yeah, well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. I like that one. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know it was Canadian though. 
Yeah, I just I was uh, it was on like Canuck exploitation, and I was oh, cool. it and I found that. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, that one though is another one that's just like you don't know who it's made for. It's so yeah. inappropriate, like sexually, but it's yeah. a kids movie. I like I love that shit when you're just like I mean it just seems like it's written by the predator or something like that because <laughs> there's just it just didn't, does not make sense that you would be putting this much sex with like kids involved in a movie you know yeah yeah I've never seen that it's uh, I highly recommend it yeah yeah it's it's, it's worth a watch for sure it yeah, really is I agree um well those are some movies to check out some great ones and we watched two movies so let's get right into it oh dan can i say one canadian movie i do not like yes <laughs> okay uh tanya's island have you guys oh, seen that god, one? That's, that's such a garbage movie, movie. <laughs> it sucks so bad it is vanity <laughs> with a giant like beast that yeah they, yeah. Have, they have a sexual relationship yeah and uh, yeah you think that would be cool that... but it's not it's terrible. Yeah. The, the thing is, though, I forgot you watched that. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've watched, watched it like recently. Uh, spoiler alert for Tanya's Island, but who gives a shit? It's like all a dream. But but still, I don't know. That movie was just. It sucks so yeah. bad. Yeah. I really like um, that director of the movie called Alice Sweet Alice, aka Communion, I believe, which is a really cool little horror movie. Alfred. Um, yeah, Alfred Sol, yeah, a guy who also did Pandemonium. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Tanya's Island is... I love to hate and hate to love Pandemonium. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I I've never that. seen that one, but I was looking at the cover right now. Damn, that looks yeah. fucking cool. You should watch it if you like movies that are the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> I sure do. But also like weird on a level where you're like, I don't understand this. Then yeah, there's something to like there. That's kind of like things. Yeah, the cast of Pandemonium is unbelievable. I was seeing like uh, Carol Kane and uh, Pee Wee Herman. I'm like, okay, uh, I need to see this regardless. Oh, Ryan Gold, <laughs> Phil yeah. Hartman's Jeez. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. Edie McClurg is in it. Tab Hunter. <laughs> mm. Whoa. It's one of the weirdest comedies ever. Have you seen Wacko? Oh, it's oh, better yeah. than Wacko. <laughs> I have not seen Wacko, but okay. that is definitely um, been Wacko's on Wacko's my... also like a weird... It's a, yeah, it's also pretty creepy. Uh, like, I yeah. don't know, George Kennedy and his daughter and inappropriate stuff. And yeah. I do not recommend Wacko, but, you know. <laughs> I, I recommend that you should experience it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe once. I mean, you should see every movie once, I guess. Yeah. You know, like, I like movies. I least. like Graydon Clark. I mean, I would, mm. I would watch it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. But I, if someday, someday, if it crosses my path. I <laughs> um, Carlo, we didn't talk about this before, but what movie do you want to talk about first? Peanut Butter Solution or To Catch a Yeti? Uh, let's get Yeti out of the way, I feel. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> to Catch a Yeti. When we catch this Yeti, I'm set for life. Bigfoot's coming, gonna get you, gonna get you. Bigfoot's coming, so you better watch out. Lock your This 
This is from 1995. It stars Meatloaf, uh, Chanteles Kent, Richard Howland, Jim Gordon, and more, and is directed by Bob Keane. The tagline of this film is the story of the world's smallest Bigfoot. Synopsis of the film is Big Jake's after Bigfoot in the Big Apple. It's the biggest chase this town has ever seen. The estimated budget is question mark. And it was produced by Dandelion Productions, filmed in and around Toronto, Ontario, in Union Station, downtown Toronto, and Uxbridge, Ontario, Canada, and distributed by Dandelion Distribution in Canada theatrically, but also saw some play on the Disney Channel in 1995. So, Real quick, though, they they shot in Union Station, but they also green screened Union Station a lot. It looked like it, right? Yeah, it definitely sure did look like it. (laughs) This was a film that was completed in 93, but they held it back until 95 before it saw the light of day and is is notable, I think, in the 2000s, in the late 2010s, I believe, or early 2010s, saw a sort of resurgence on the Internet thanks to Rift Tracks. It was definitely brought back into the light in like 2013 or so around that time. And this is all our first time watching... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen this before. Like, I don't know if I had it on my watch list, but yeah. um, when we were looking for like these like PG Nightmare Fuel Canadian kits, this one <laughs> popped up pretty pretty fast. Yes. Uh, I forgot to even say the theme to this episode until. Oh yeah, that's now. it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not doing straight up horror movies. We're doing you know weird children's nightmare fuel <laughs> yeah basically carlo you sent me a, a interview from the director and i won't go through all the stuff that i pulled from that interview but from the sounds of this movie's production the gist of what i was getting from that interview was there was an original director they were fired and the budget kept getting cut there was like cut by 60 percent, and then cut by like 40 more percent and um you know the, somebody wrote a script and uh it's his name was paul adam and he wrote this script and it was kind of more of a british script and it was going to be you know more of a movie about a dad and his daughter trying to get back together and the cruelty of hunting and animal poaching and then somebody else came in and was like i'm rewriting it and then the budget is you know we had to shoot on 13 days now for 40 percent of what we had shot yeah we were gonna shot and so it just seemed like all along the line this movie was kind of doomed to be just like cut down cut down cut down you know faster 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 yeah <laughs> it was gonna be in the main role and they they ended up not being in the role and they had to get meatloaf at the last second <laughs> they had to get meatloaf like yeah i mean I, they were pretty happy to get meatloaf like they had some connections that made that happen um and that's probably another reason why people remember this movie because meatloaf is in it because otherwise i don't know to be honest um, yeah i don't know either except for i mean that helps for sure but that yeti yeah. is very memorable yeah 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 you've got that like creature design like that uh, munchy gremlins yes. garbage puppet that's barely animate <laughs> um yeah that's a reason to watch a movie for me as well so uh, yeah, you know totally. yeah I, um what did you guys think of the puppet 
Um, cause I watched this with Emma and she kept being like, oh my God, what is going on with that puppet? But I was like, it's kind of cute. It's sort of adorable in a weird way. In, in, in an ugly way, in the way that, you know, like Mac from Mac and me is and, and <laughs> all that nightmare fuel stuff, like garbage pail kids movie. Uh, it's that level of like, it's, it's cute, but it's mostly ugly. Yeah. Like my wife is, she hates like gremlins or munchies yeah. or ghoulies. She can't hang with that shit. Like, that's her least favorite thing. But she watched this with me. I don't think she liked this movie that much. But, um, yeah, she was able to hang through. I I really didn't think she was going to be able to. I just kind (laughs) of turned it on and was like, yeah, I'm watching this for another show. We should just check it out. And uh, seeing if if she was kind of grossed out. But then she got over it. And uh, so I don't think it's that horrendous um, for what it sounds like all the production problems and the mm. budget looks pretty good to be honest i think yeah for what it is it's pretty expected mm-hmm. yeah like the interview you mentioned then on uh with bob keen on dread central yeah. um i think they mentioned something about like finding this puppet in a thrift shop that just had like a bunch of like 80s movie props <laughs> so you know obviously they didn't have a budget you mentioned they slashed the budget by like 60 percent. different director had to come in and like this kind of too many cooks situation with the producer this lionel schenken guy um who apparently also worked in like a bunch of emeritus productions i saw on imdb um wanting to make this more like an emblem kind of thing um but yeah, I don't know, like the puppet, it's it's most of the time when you see him, it's like scenes of it either being carried or the girl yeah. carrying <laughs> the puppet around. And that's its main mode of transportation. It cannot walk like its face moves sometimes and sometimes they throw it around. But yeah, other than that, it's just a big stuffed doll. Yeah, Which he zips around a lot. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, yeah. he likes sliding. <laughs> yeah. So wait a minute. They found this. They didn't even make this. No, that's what I got from that interview. Unbelievable. Um, that yeah. is. <laughs> so they basically stole this puppet from somebody else. <laughs> okay. No wonder it yeah, looks good. Someone made it, but they didn't care anymore, and it ended up at a thrift shop oh, for wow. movie props. <laughs> Rad. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. Yeah. yeah, it yeah, it's very like they the face is animated, but the rest of it, yeah, not not so much. The the, the gist of the plot is basically the uh, main character played by Meatloaf is in is it in the Himalayas? Um, <laughs> I guess. Was. And he's like looking for the Yeti because uh, he has to bring it back for this spoiled rich kid. And the Yeti ends up in a, the tent of some mountaineering kind of cliff uh, uh, mountain climbing dudes. And they go back to Uxbridge, um, New York, they say, but it's actually Uxbridge, Canada, <laughs> Ontario. And it ends up at this house with the family. And then so uh, Meatloaf is trying to find out where this Yeti is. Now, this leads to one of my biggest sort of this movie is really what the fuck. But one of us, a very small thing that I noticed in this movie that that really irked me for the rest of the movie is when the, the father comes home and they don't know that the Yeti is there yet. He's like, I'm gross. I got to go take a shower. And the daughter is like, I'll bring you a piece of pie. And the dad goes into the shower and the daughter brings the pie upstairs and is like, here's your pie and puts it on the floor outside of the washroom. I was like, why? (laughs) That's just, I don't know. Put it on a table. 
the whole movie i was like why did she do that how, how did you bring your dad sandwiches or whatever when he was in the shower he's not a dog yeah like <laughs> i left it out under the door for you like what the fuck yeah, it's like prison rules. You just slide it in and it's on the floor. <laughs> I I literally spent so much of this movie being like, I don't understand why she would do that. I don't get it. You know, there's some stuff in this movie like that. And I think Bob Keen addresses that in, in the interview as well a little bit. Uh, it's all just trying to make a movie happen uh, despite the circumstances. So everything's a bit like, okay, this doesn't make sense, but let's just move on. Yeah, just um, doing it on the fly and yeah really shoot yeah uh, worry about it later yeah yeah there's a there's another scene in the movie as well that's just like you need some suspension of disbelief at one point the yeti is like overheating because it's used to, to being surrounded by snow and whatever and so they put it in the fridge yeah <laughs> they put the yeti in the fridge and then they leave the fridge door open like that and they go to bed <laughs> Look, don't leave your fridge door open because your fridge will just die. It'll overheat trying to refrigerate whatever area there is. And if the fridge is not closed, it'll get real freaking hot until it just dies. And the Yeti will also die because it can't stand the heat. <laughs> but the next morning they wake up and the Yeti has just eaten all of the food and, you know, carry on. Yeah, I've got a movie to make, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, it, it sounded like the in that interview that the the interviewer had asked about Vising, and everybody just had to figure out like, let's finish this thing, because <laughs> it really is just a series of here to there to here to there moments. It's like they're at the house, Meatloaf tries to get them. They're in the city. Meatloaf tries to get them. They go back. You know, it's just and and I was very entertained in the moments of kind of like silliness. But I felt like this movie had a lot of like, meanwhile, back at the house or meanwhile, they're on their way to the cabin. And I got I got real bored in those things. Yeah. you know what? I never found myself bored during this. No, no, I didn't. I mean, dude, it stinks. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was. I don't know. I kind of like the Yeti a lot. So I did too. I had okay. a, I was charmed. Yeah. And everybody in it, um, I don't know. They, they're kind of like, none of them were off putting or anything. Mm. Um, but I mean, I'm not necessarily like saying, uh, yeah. When I say that I wasn't bored, it doesn't mean I thought it was very good though. It was just, <laughs> um, it just, it never, I was never like going, Oh God, when is this going to be over? I, even mm. though Yano definitely was. I, I felt like I was alternating between oh god when will it be over and and delight like mm-hmm. here and there. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I think <laughs> this movie like it started pretty good and was like okay this movie is already perfect. Uh, like the first 15 minutes, yeah. I was way into it. Like there's a theme song over the intro. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you like remember the lyrics or like picked up on that something about like. The moon hangs high oh. on the breast of the oh, lake. And the, you know what? That and, song, that used to be... Oh, so we have theme songs on Movie Melt for each of our members. That used okay. to be Justin and Heather's theme song. That oh. I had um, a version of that from the 60s or 70s that oh. I would play. Yeah, it's like Bigfoot's coming, gonna get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that used to be their theme song. So it was oh, so crazy. Cool. I was like, I know this song. And that's in a deep cut, dude. Yeah. That is not like an... I don't know where they found that. But um, yeah, that's a good tune. Yeah, yeah. And I just like also the intro. It's that, um, like Meatloaf's little helper guy, uh, Blubber. <laughs> and he's oh, just yeah. like 
looking up and reacting to the intro and like the images that happen yeah. in the intro like it's a drawing of i don't know like bigfoot and then there's like a, like a plate of donuts and he's just like it's just like reaction shots to that and then at the end of it <laughs> it shows him trying to help meatloaf get his coat on but meatloaf is like I don't know, like six foot, whatever. He's a big guy. And this blubber guy, he's not a little person, but he's not big. So, which I guess is the joke, but it's rather than being funny, it's just kind of sad and awkward. And I mean, dude, that guy's got to be five foot. I mean, or yeah, yeah, he's not. He's a small guy. Yeah, he's yeah. very, very small. Yeah. This movie yeah. would have uh, been perfect if the Yeti had died in the fridge. They had closed the fridge and then he had suffocated. <laughs> and then that was the end. Perfect movie. like Yeah, perfect length as well. Yeah, exactly. If, if it ended at that moment, yeah. And would still include the other what-the-fuck thing that I wrote down, which was in the morning when the, the the kid is talking about the Yeti and she calls him a he, and, and the mom is like, how do you know the Yeti's a he? And the little girl goes, I looked. <laughs> What is it? Is it like you know when you need to know the gender of a hamster and you blow? <laughs> is, is, is that what she means? Oh my god, dude! How does that work? <laughs> he's, I mean, he's got fur, so yeah. I was just like, this is wild. Why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> explain. Explain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that definitely. And, uh, I raised my eyebrows at that one too. <laughs> Here, the only other thing that I really have to say about this movie is Meatloaf's committed performance. There was some, some really fun, like hold the camera on him too long moments mm -hmm. in the, in the cabin where he's like the the little girls outside and he's like she'll she'll figure out that it's cold out there and she'll be begging for mercy. And there's these shots, like close up shots of him on his face where he's looking out the window where you can really tell that Meatloaf is kind of just sort of spouting lines off and there's probably some improvisation and he's just really kind of going for it. And I was like, good for you, Meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, he took it seriously. I mean, yeah. he didn't phone it in. Yeah, he could have, like, Easily. for this movie. Easily I mean... could have phoned it in. They would have been happy with him phoning it in, too. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Any, what else What else do we want to say about Takeshi Eddie? Is that about it, or...? Yeah, I don't know. I have some couple of notes, nothing really noteworthy, like uh, just the fact that Bob Keane uh might be a no name to most people like especially like directorial but he was a makeup guy and stuff like hellraiser Candyman, highlander star wars alien superman you name it yeah visual effects for dog soldiers so that was kind of surprising yeah um, yeah director of uh Pro proteus proteus yeah not seen yeah me neither. And also that apparently this movie was a financial hit bob keen says in the interview so Again, we don't know the budget of this movie, so fina financial hits, who knows what that means, but it got a lot, like, uh, played on TV on certain channels and stuff, so that's that's what they mean in that sense. Um, well, yeah, it got released by Disney, right? So, I mean, that's... I yeah, mean, is, it, is it on the Disney Channel, though, in HD now? Like, and I don't have oh my God, I don't know to, yeah. to that stuff, but... Yeah. <laughs> they put it in the vault, and uh, they'll bring it back out. Yeah, just get get this on D Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Start the petition. Start start get that shit trending. Yeah, they must um, have sold this though. If Rift Tracks can, they're not going to cover a Disney movie. So, mm. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it makes sense to end on, there was just one quote from him, uh, like regarding how this was so poorly received, where he says, To Catch a Yeti is not a good movie, so by definition it is a bad movie. It doesn't even qualify as a B-movie. It's a no-budget children's film. Why people think it's anything more than that and worthy of such critical scrutiny is beyond me. The shoot felt like we were all comrades, hunkered down together, and survived the budget and the situation. I'd like to thank them for their hard work and hope that they enjoyed the time as much as I did. And I just kind of feel like that. Like, yes, it's fun. We love to rip on movies and stuff. But, like, you know, they they put their effort into this and tried to do what they could. And, you know, like you said, Meatloaf wasn't just phoning it in. He was having fun with it. Like, let it be what it is. <laughs> yeah, good for them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not one that really likes ripping on movies too much. Like, if it no, sucks, then no, fucking, same. why are we even talking about it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But Yeah, and I think there's, there's always room for both. I just think, like, when it becomes, I'm only ripping on this movie because I hate it, and then it's just like... That's what I mean. The hate watch yeah. is what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 just yeah. reveling in hatred for something. Totally. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just why bother. Yeah, it's just that's very boring to me. Yeah, it is. Agreed. So you know, if you like these weird things, this could be something to put on and and check out. <laughs> yeah, this is I like mean, a good movie to put on, uh, like while you do chores. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you look up and you see some weird shit. And yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if you see the cover of this movie, based on the type of person you are, you're gonna go see this. Either way, one hundred percent. Whatever people are saying about it. Yep. Yeah. And do we want to do the movie melt rating system? Sure. Why not? So, yeah. If uh, if you hated the movie, then um, you just say you hated it. Hated it. If you like the movie but you didn't love it, then you give it a swing from the French dub of Wayne's World. Swing. Swing. <laughs> and if you loved the movie, thought it was the greatest thing ever, then you give it a Tarzan call with thunder and lightning. Oh, you know what? I forgot. I added a new one. Then I oh, added, really? let me just bring this one in here. So if um, if you know you liked it, but you don't necessarily recommend it, then you know it. It was. It's not as good as Ice Cube's movies, but it has a few laughs. It ain't as good as Ice Cube's movies, but there's a few laughs. There we go. Okay, so that's the rating system for Movie Melt. Yeah, I and again, if you haven't heard Movie Melt, go check it out. I love that rating system. I was just telling Carlo before we recorded how much the French swing makes me yeah. laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're debating like the pronunciation, like what exactly is he saying? Like it's it sounds like chapito to yeah, me. Totally, yeah. That's what yeah, I thought he was saying. Yeah, yeah you know, An Angie got me a NTSC um, French dub of Wayne's mm. So I can watch it <laughs> on my sweet. VCR. Amazing. Uh, I'll go first. You know, I was thinking that I was going to do the sort of liked it but didn't love it. But I think, you know, I, I, I like what they're going for here. I think it had a few laughs, but it's not as good as Ice Cube's movies. <laughs> It ain't as good as Ice Cube's movies, but there's a few laughs. Okay. Yeah, Carlos. Yeah, I, I'm tempted to, to go the same route, but I just want to hear that Chapito sound again. <laughs> so it's a uh, swing for me. Okay, swing for Carlo. Swing! Swing! Chapito! <laughs> yeah, um, 
I think that I definitely would say Ice Cube um, for me, but uh, and it would fit too because Yeti Ice Cube. But <laughs> I, I think just because Carlo likes the swing, I'm going to play that. Swing, oh yeah, swing, chapito. <laughs> Yeah, wonderful. Uh, oh my god thank you for bringing the sounds you're very welcome oh <laughs> uh, so from the uh to catch a yeti to another film from this time from 1985 let's talk about the peanut butter solution the people who brought you the box office hit the dog who stopped the war now bring you the peanut butter solution Human hair grows only half an inch a month, no more. Michael, where's your hair? Am I gonna get blamed for this too? Don't miss the peanut butter solution. Starring Matthew McKay, uh, Allison Podbray, Michael Malio, Helen Hughes, and more. This is directed by Michael Rubo. The tagline to this film is a hair-raising comedy adventure. Synopsis, peanut butter is the secret ingredient for magic potions made by two friendly ghosts. 11-year-old Michael loses all of his hair when he gets a fright and uses the potion to get his hair back. But too much peanut butter causes things to get a bit hairy. This has an estimated budget of about 2.27 million. Uh, the production companies are Les Productions Les Fêtes and Telefilm Canada, with the participation of a number of other Canadian companies, including CFCF TV, and was filmed in Quebec, Canada, in Montreal, in Rosalind Elementary School, and distributed by Cineplex Odeon in Canada theatrically and New World Pictures theatrically in the States. Um, so, in order to talk about this movie, I got to give some background around one man in Canadian film history, Rock Demur. There was this film in the 1970s called The Christmas Martian. Oh, yeah, we've seen that. Have you seen it, Matt? Uh, you know, I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever seen it. Though. OK, if you guys ever do, you know, a movie melt Christmas special, you should do The Christmas Martian. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. <laughs> it is bananas. I love showing it to people. But there was a bunch of these films in the 70s that were sort of made for children. There was Jacob Tutu meets the Hooded Fang, Mystery mm. of the One Million Dollar Hockey Puck. And into the that's such a Canadian title. I know, seriously, that's what I thought too. I was like, that is the most Canadian thing I've ever heard right there. <laughs> it's true. And then in the 80s, there was more and it kind of was building through the 70s into the 80s. There's this kind of trend of children's uh, entertainment. And this guy, Rock, he decided he's going to he's going to found this company called Pharaoh Films and he's going to distribute French Canadian movies. And he ended up distributing The Christmas Martian, made some money off of that, dubbed it into a bunch of different languages for around the globe. And then in the 80s decided, you know what, I'm going to make an anthology of 12 children's films and they're all going to fall under this banner called Tales for All. So he started a company called Les Productions de Fête, Le Fête, and was kind of trying to copy what, he, what happened with the Christmas Martian in the sense of I'll make a movie and I'll dub it into different languages and, you know, send it everywhere I can. So, so yeah. Wait, the return of Tommy Tricker in 
You know, is that one of them? Uh, yes. this, it is. Okay. All right. I didn't pick yeah. up on that. Yeah. So they made one movie in 1984 called The Dog Who Stopped the War, which is like a winter sort of children's film about this snowball war and there's a dog. and Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a poster of this movie in Peanut Butter Solution. Yes. There is. Nice eye. <laughs> and then a year later, they made The Peanut Butter Solution. And According to the Canuxploitation.com write-up from Paul, eventually those two movies were quite successful and people started sort of thinking of La Fête as the Disney of the North. And so they were going to like keep keep making these movies. So he was like a big name in Canadian, in Canadian film history, especially around these sort of uh, family entertainments that were made in Montreal and made, you know, to be French Canadian and then distributed around. Hey. OK, so cool. re real quick. So um, have you guys seen Tommy Tricker and the Stamp Traveler? I have it not. Okay. I was upset with it as a kid. Okay. Uh, what's the name of the dude that sings uh, that's in that as a kid? Um, oh, um, oh, my God. I know. I can't believe I'm blanking on his Rufus name. Rufus Rain Wainwright. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Okay. So He had a song like, I'm a running. Yeah. I'm a running from you. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> so is that one of the tales for all? Yeah. So there's Return of Tommy Tricker. I haven't seen that one. But I've seen Tommy Tricker and the Stamp Traveler, and that is a Tales for All. Yeah, so okay. after Peanut Butter Solution, there was one called Bach and Broccoli. Uh-huh. And there was one called The Young Magician, The Great Land of Small, The Tadpole and the Whale, and then the seventh one was Tommy Tricker and the Stamp Traveler. And and the 15th movie was Return of Tommy Tricker. Okay. Interesting. So they made it all, the, in, two, in the 2000s, uh, he ended up making like a revival, and there was like... They made movies into 2009 or something. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this, like, Peanut Butter Solution, is that the weirdest one? I think they're all a little weird, yeah. but hmm. I think this one is the weirdest. It's probably, like, the most famous one as well, like, of all those sure. titles. I, yeah. I've heard a lot of people talk about Peanut Butter Solution, and it has a Blu-ray now by Severin as well. So Yeah, you know, Caroline, who's on Movie Melt, mm. she did the color oh, correction yeah. for that. Oh, yeah, that's true. She does that for Severin. Yeah. I forgot about that. Sweet. That's really cool. Yeah, so we might have, uh, the version we looked at might have been hers. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I watched the Blu-ray uh, print for sure. Um, and I think that's a testament to the movie's weirdness. I think a lot of people saw this movie when they were younger and sort of were freaked out and weirded out by it for good reasons. I think this movie to me has a very like Roll Doll of the North kind of vibe. Mm, sure, you know? true. Yeah, you know, true. The, Especially with the fact that the plot is about this kid who gets so scared his hair goes away so that he gets this weird concoction that was given to him by ghosts to put on his head and then his hair starts growing so fast that he can't figure out what to do with his hair and this leads him to stumble upon a like you know underground like <laughs> art brush hair factory child sweatshop child sweatshop children <laughs> basically yeah they're like farming children's hair yeah. like well his hair yeah that shit is crazy it is yeah. crazy yeah it is i just feel like it takes a while for it to really get creepy like i don't know about you guys but like going bald as a kid that didn't really scare me necessarily yeah. But other than that, yeah, I mean, definitely at the end it gets a little creepy. And, and um, you know, that shit with the child sweatshop, I don't know if, if I had seen this as a kid, if I would have realized what that even was. 
but yeah i don't know if i would have found it like a pleasant movie as a child it's like something that i would gravitate towards it's, it's definitely weird enough but i don't know if it'd be like you know stuff i was obsessed with as a kid is like you know Bill and Dad's bogus journey and, and like really colorful stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're calling this episode PG Nightmare Fuel. So that's the thing that I was wondering, like if, if this movie or Catchy Yeti, are these movies that would have haunted you as a child? I mean, did they? Dan, this, is this the first time you, that you saw I, Peanut Butter Solution? I saw Peanut Butter Solution as a kid, but it was a very vague memory. I probably saw it on TV. Oh, Yeah, it's, it was a long-ass time ago, too, and it was yeah. young oh. for me. I wasn't a, a child, but um, oh, okay. probably I, like in middle school or something. I, I think the Peanut Butter Solution's reputation has maybe gotten ahead of itself a little bit because mm -hmm. revisiting it i was i was definitely along your lines of like well this isn't that crazy you know, yeah if i go watch the roald doll adaptation of the witches like that yeah, that's way creepier that's creepier for kids but mm -hmm. i do think there was an element of you know the idea of like the hair not being able to stop and mm -hmm. weird vibe of the movie but i do think that both these films are less nightmare fuely than i was hoping <laughs> i think though like the, there's some things in peanut butter solution that um i i feel like weren't resolved like um <laughs> like uh his friend put, yeah, you know smearing yeah. it on his pubes yeah what the fuck yeah cuz he had pubes for a little bit and then but it didn't it's, go keep on growing out of his pants you know or it, he yeah. it just went away how did he get yeah. rid of it like the movie makes a big deal out of like Michael's hair not being able to stop growing. Yeah. But uh, what's the kid's name? Connor, his friend. Yeah, something like that. Connie. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, this is a ten-year-old uh, kid, and and he really, really wants pubes. <laughs> like that's the first thing he thinks of. Like not even a, a goatee or a mustache or anything. You know, something like as a kid you're looking forward to growing up and getting like facial hair. No, this kid wants pubes now. That, I can relate with that though, because I—that's how I yeah. felt with like. Oh, arm, Jesus, I wanted, really? <laughs> I wanted armpit hair so goddamn yeah. badly. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I bought the idea of like this kid's gonna be like, look down and be like, "I'll try this." Yeah. Okay. And then he has pubes, and who is he gonna show these pubes to? It's just, <laughs> the it's ladies. Just for himself, then. <laughs> I mean, that's valid, sure. Um, I I think is it possible that there was something in the movie about um the main character using too much. And that's why it wouldn't stop is that did maybe he just smear like a, a but maybe that maybe that kid only put a little yeah but then they just stop and yeah, he's maybe, fine yeah. maybe he used yeah. just the right amount <laughs> yeah i guess so <laughs> just the right amount to get it down to your ankle yeah <laughs> but i mean yeah i don't know man no one's pubes are that long like naturally <laughs> unless I'm like out of my depth here. Yeah, in terms you are, of like dude. pubes. There's, there's uh, I've seen some pictures and uh, oh, okay. They can get uh, some people have a special gift. <laughs> okay, let's leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, the inclusion of the ghosts, I did not remember at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I particularly enjoyed that scene where he finds the ghosts in the kitchen, and they're like. No one's going to see us. Only the person that is looking at us can see us mm. and even hear us if you close your eyes and stuff. I like that they had their own little internal logic about that. Yeah, me too. And the movie, 
Uh, it's hard to talk about. I mean, the the there was some interesting stuff with the family dynamic with the dad hmm. who's this artist and he's struggling and the daughter has to kind of take over. He yeah, she's cool like the art. most mature person in this movie, basically. <laughs> I really like the art, too. Like mm, the yeah. tennis court one that he made. Apparently, uh, Rock had that in his uh, office for years. Yeah, he liked it so much. He... He had it in his office for over 30 years. Have you guys ever known a rock? No. I've swallowed some rocks as a kid, but (laughs) (laughs) other than that, no, I don't think so. It's not a very common name over here anyway. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I... uh... My uh, friend's dad's name's Rockwood. Oh. Yeah, so... That's a pretty badass name. It is a pretty (laughs) badass name. (laughs) Um, what else can we talk about this movie? I, I feel like it's so kind of weird and over the top. I'm almost at a loss of how to describe it to, for people. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing about this movie, it has a very strong Quebec feel to it. Mm. Um, obviously, obviously all shot in Montreal, um, but it's an English language film. Uh, the director is an Australian, like, um, What's it called? Uh, Rebo. He's uh, an Australian, but it was written by him, two other people, and this Czech guy called uh, Wojtek Jasny. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, And I feel like that's a part of it as well. Why it has this, not just Quebec feel, but it also has like this European fairy tale kind of vibe going on because a Czech guy wrote it. uh, And those people are like, crazy creative like uh you know uh, jans Fankmeyer and stuff comes to mind immediately uh apparently he also had to come over to mentor uh director robo because he wasn't very experienced in directing mm-hmm. uh, his first major movie as well but yeah i thought that was cool like that mix of flavors you've got like the english language movie even though everything around it feels weird and off in, in, a, in a very fun way to me yeah it's english language for the most part except for mm. i literally had a lot of trouble understanding what senior was saying oh yeah senior yeah that's his, true yeah his, uh, <laughs> his accent is so thick that it's just yeah like, i was like i don't know if i'm getting what he's putting down right now yeah. there were there were subs on the version that i was uh watching like Engli- okay. english subs and even those weren't picking everything up even though <laughs> yeah, I, totally. I, I i was able to because okay. I feel like maybe because I'm over here in Europe and I, f- I hear a lot of people like fudge up English, mm-hmm. uh, which I also sometimes do. So, you know, I can relate and I can sort of pick up stuff that maybe is a little bit harder for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Perhaps. But, but, but yeah, he was definitely a bit hard to understand. And he was also just creepy as fuck. Like He's if you're great. talking about creepy things in this movie senior was definitely a creepy i love creepy fuck yeah he's like don't use your imagination draw yeah. what you see and yeah. like hey he always wants the kids to draw his dog and that yeah. it. Like, just, that dude rules man good good dog acting as well absolutely mm. yeah that was yeah, a good boy i i love the like evil french canadian art teacher character i thought it was so good um, like I said, I watched it with M. I watched it with Emma, and she was getting a kick out of the art scenes because she's an artist and went to art school. And I was just like, it was just I. I liked all that stuff. The dog was great, and and I liked that he, his evil scheme is he doesn't want them to use imagination. So the movie's kind of pro imagination, and and it's 
its creation is kind of imaginative in the way that Carla was talking about all these different types of people coming together to make this weird movie from all these different angles, like French Canadian and Czech and Australian director. And I think that leads me down that path of, of like, I, I don't think this is a movie that I, I watch all the, I want to watch all the time, but I really had fun watching it the other night. I just had a blast. Oh yeah. Same. Totally. Yeah. I, uh, I really like that scene. Um, like at one point, the kids, the the sister and Connor, uh, the pube kid, they go to <laughs> this art shop to buy a brush for the dad uh, because he needs a new like paint brush or whatever. And they just happen to find a brush that looks a little bit off. And then they ask the shopkeep, and the shopkeep's like, "Yeah, a fellow in a big red truck delivers him. Don't know his name. Company doesn't have a name." Yeah, sure. It doesn't sound shady at all. It's fine. I guess that's, you know, I can see people doing business like that in the 80s. Sure. Why not? But yeah. I mean, in a sense, Senor was the only guy in the movie who was sort of smart enough to see a business opportunity in all that hair. Yeah. It's good point. Even, even if on one hand, yeah, like I get it, but child labor, kidnapping, I mean... Maybe next time consult a lawyer first uh, <laughs> before you yeah, venture on uh, a business venture. I'm surprised that they didn't go. They don't go too far down the route of like wigs and stuff. Like he gets a wig, but they don't go into like, oh, he could be making wigs. Does do they? No, no not really. Paintbrushes. I mean, which is way weirder because that seems yeah. like the obvious choice is the yeah. wig. So, but they go with kids are making paintbrushes of all <laughs> yeah. things. So, speaking of wigs, though, did you guys know at the beginning? that he was wearing a wig like was that an obvious wig to you guys um that he already had his head completely shaved oh or no i didn't i didn't think it twice though? it was it absolutely was oh, anna okay. pointed it out okay. i had, i did not notice and then anna pointed it out and oh. went, holy shit yeah cuz he didn't have eyebrows either when he was like uh before everything yeah, falls yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, so he was already no. totally shaved i figured they just like um recorded some stuff in reverse and then just shaved his head for like you know uh the final days of shooting or whatever and, yeah, and right? use that kind of trickery but uh no i, I don't no, think so. okay. maybe they had to uh, shave his head to like figure out if they wanted to cast him or not <laughs> 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 gotta have a good skull otherwise that that uh soccer game with the that was a fun scene those kids those jerk kids yeah <laughs> they, yeah like they glue his hair on Oh and, yeah, the glue. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's like there you can't pull this off. It's gonna stay on for you know five yeah. days or whatever. Mm. And uh, this bully dude, which would be a red card if uh, <laughs> yeah. pulls his hair off of his head, um, trips him, and then they get in a fight and pulls the hair off of his head. But um, yeah, he's, then he's screaming something like, "You said it wouldn't ever come off," or whatever. <laughs> that was pretty good stuff. Chasing him, being like, "Hey," like they say, "What are they?" They, they say something really weird. They're like hmm. egghead or something. Yeah, great movie. Yeah, I totally. <laughs> yeah, I, I dig it. Yeah, totally. yeah. it was yeah, awesome to check it out again, man. Yeah, it's it's really fun. I can I can totally understand why it got the you know the sort of resurgence it does and the Blu-ray release and everything. I think. It's cool. I really like that idea of Severin doing the Severin Kids label. I wonder what else they would do. Like, I don't know, kids movies wise, weird stuff, obscure stuff. Oh, they're doing When the Wind Blows, which is a real sad movie. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Never seen that. Yeah. Oh, and they did Carnival Magic as well. Have you guys, either mm -hmm. of you, uh, seen that one called Spy Trap, a.k.a. Zitz? 
Do you know what I'm talking no. about? Okay. It's another like weird kids movie that's kind of like Bad Manners where it seems like it's written by a predator or something because it's just so inappropriate. And yeah. um, But yet a kids movie. And it's about kids um, stealing like or selling the government or, like Russian spy plans. Military things or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they, what they but they get it from a stealth bomber uh, model kit. And then they like mm. scan it and uh, and end up like selling that and uh, getting in a bunch of Sounds trouble. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's fucking awesome. But yeah, there's just like a scene where like these kids are in a bath together and it's just like, wait, what the fuck is happening? And then talking about puberty very openly and mm. um, I don't know. But yeah, that one's a good one. Uh, Spy trap or zits. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend. I watched listed it just yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I looked at that as well. <laughs> Have you seen the movie Big Shots from 1987? No. Written no. by Joe Esterhass. No. Okay. It's it's a kids movie, and it's written by Joe Esterhass. So the opening of the movie is the dad and son in like a boat, and they're talking about semen. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Perfect. And I'm like, this is for kids? <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh Big Shots God. is worth a watch for sure. Dude. Yeah. It looks incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has a good cover. It definitely does. In terms of peanut butter solution, um, I'm going to have to say I loved it. What was the quote for loved it again? Um, um, if you loved it and thought it was the greatest thing ever. I, I loved it. And I'm going to say greatest thing ever just because I'm all in on peanut butter solution. Okay. Tarzan with thunder and lightning for Dan. All right, <laughs> Carlo, what do you think? Nice. Um, yeah, same for me. I've never seen this movie before. It's the first time, like kind of blessed seeing the restored version as well. Um, yeah, absolute Tarzan for me. Loved it. All right, Tarzan for Carlo. And I think that makes it anonymous because I agree. I love oh. it. It's so bizarre and uh, dreamlike and a little creepy and uh, and fun and stupid. Uh, everything that I like. So I'm going to give it a Tarzan with underlighting too. Oh, amazing. Nice. Amazing. In the canon of uh, Canucksploitation, Hoser Horror, even though it's not horror. Um, <laughs> it has elements. I think, and, he, I think it could be considered horror. Yeah. I think it could. And as a bonus, the two of the first English language songs by Celine Dion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very Canadian. Yeah, 17 year old Celine Dion. Was she married yet at that point? Like, didn't uh, she? At 17, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, I swear to God, she was like so much younger than the dude that she married. And, oh, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, there was like 30 years difference between them. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. That's not okay. Um, <laughs> and if you like those those clips, uh, you you definitely want to listen to Movie Melt on the Compañeros podcast. Do you want to tell everybody how to find and subscribe to all the stuff that you do, Matt? Yeah. Um. So 
uh, movie melt. You know, we cover uh, a lot of weirdo shit and what the fuck movies and grindhouse exploitation, all that stuff. But yeah, you can just look up movie melt wherever you can find podcasts. We're on every platform. And then there's another one that I do called Songs on Trial with a bunch of people where we play songs and say whether they're guilty, not guilty or not guilty by reasons of insanity and uh, lock them up in music jail if they're bad or let them go free if they're not. And then uh, Alistair, he has a show with his fiance Siobhan, and they cover like the weird Skinamax um, softcore stuff. And um, and they're both Australian and they have great accents and <laughs> the show is amazing. So, yeah, um, yeah. Anywhere gets off of Dr. Snuggles, um, songs on trial and movie melt. And, yeah. um, and the website is go go dot com. Yeah, right. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah. And uh, go go Compañeros is like all of our um, social media. So on Twitter and Instagram yeah. and all that. But yeah, we got to have both of you guys on movie melt. At hell, some point. hell yeah, Jesus. Yeah, at some point. No um, brainer. Yeah. Because um, Carlo, um, we're yeah. doing next. You were kind enough to point out Shadow of the Dragon was on yeah. eBay. And yeah. I, so I bought a copy of this movie I've been looking for forever with Robert mm-hmm. Zadar and William Smith. But I think that's the next one we're going to cover. And so oh, amazing. if you want to be on the next one, um, you're more than welcome to. And Dan, we'll get you on soon, too. But since yeah. you hipped me to that shit, Carlo, you get first dibs on that. <laughs> I mean, hell yes. OK, yeah, we'll see if we can figure out the time. Um, if if hopefully it will work for you. Um, but uh, we'll make it work. Okay, we'll make cool. it work. All right. That sounds good. And then, Dan, Sweet. yeah, we'll get you on, too, for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm game. Yeah, I love the show. And and yeah, both of us are just big big fans so yeah i mean can we get a tarzan for compañeros in general okay well absolutely i would be so glad to do that let me just do that right now um i love to see you eat out her controversial pussy while you get fucked by my controversial cock wait no 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 that was the wrong clip here we go there we go there we go that's what i meant to The the network and all three of your shows are truly the sickest place to be. <laughs> this is the sickest place to be. That's it. This is sick. Sick body. Sick. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, um, I, I just I love the oh, the the clips so much. It reminds it reminds me to some degree of, of when I listened to tons and tons of hardcore and punk music, and they would always have clips and just like. You know, there's so many clips on spaz albums where I'm like, where the hell did they get this clip from? <laughs> I have no idea, but I want to know. And yeah, there's so many of those. I just love them. Yeah, I, for a long time, like I would be like saying them to other people, you know, mm-hmm. in, in yeah. real life, people that don't listen to the show. And it just uh, goes right over their head. So Yeah, I mean, I, that's where we're at now. <laughs> it's just like gotten into our heads completely. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Yeah, I yeah. finally uh, have stopped doing that. But uh, <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for show. having me on, dude. I really yeah. appreciate it. We, yeah, hell yeah. It was a blast. Totally. Uh, Everybody else listening, go to back-row.com to find written content. And there are more podcasts coming in the feed. I believe at this point when this drops, we will have already dropped our quarantine special where all four of us discuss what we've been watching and doing while we're hanging around at home. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, yeah, back-row.com and back row Cine blog on Facebook and Instagram. And please, again, don't forget to check out gogocompanieros.com. 
And otherwise, uh, that's the end of the show. And goodbye. Thanks. Love you. Make good choices. So yeah, someday I'll have a better sign off. (laughs) Sayonara. (laughs) Mm-hmm.